Well, hello and welcome to Romance at a Glance. This is your host, Shawnee, kicking off season four with my co-host, Bridget. How you doing today, Bridget? I am doing so good, Shawnee. It is so nice to be here with you. It is so nice to see your face. You know I always love seeing your face. And I love to see it even more while we're doing historicals for season four. And we are starting Ooh. off this season four. Let me tell you right now, we're kicking it off with the Sultana of Smut. The Sultana of Smut. The Queen of Kissing. The Queen of Kissing. Colossus of Clout. The Colossus of Clout. The Great Bambina herself. The Great Bambina. Beverly Jenkins. Beverly Jenkins. Beverly Jenkins. out with a titan. Let me tell you, she was, for a very long time, one of the only people I could find writing historicals that were brown people. So that was fantastic. I am so happy she exists, and we had to kick up season four with her because um, it just seemed like a no-brainer. So historicals are not really Bridget's genre. So she's going to be reading way more historicals than she's probably read in her entire life in season four. Well, to be quite honest, Shani, we've only read two historicals for this podcast so far. And the 10 that we're about to read is probably five to eight more than I've read aside from those two. Historicals are just, they're just not, not my genre. It's not my genre. Uh, I and and it's not because I've liked the ones we've read so far. Been a big fan, so it's not so much that I was opposed to it as I just never picked them up because there's so ah. many books. You know what I mean? So like I'm okay, excited so- for you to I'm excited for you to pop this cherry and like. Just take me into the big, bad world of historical. Oh, I am so excited to do this for you, Bridget. I am so excited. And I can't even take all the credit because we put out on Instagram that we were doing this and we needed everyone to give us their best romance novel picks. So this whole season was recommended by y'all out there. And so I'm so excited because a lot of these I had read already or I read another book in the series and it was already my favorite book. So I'm so excited to get into this. So, Bridget, are you ready to get it historically popping? I'm ready to get it popping. Let's do this. Let's do it. Romance at a glance. Uh huh. Romance at a glance. What you saying? Romance at a glance. Go ahead, girl. Are you going to lead the whole podcast, Shawnee? You guys, did you notice that Shawnee was the starter of the podcast today because it's historicals? So Shawnee is going to be starting every single week because this is her season and we are both thrilled and she's been practicing the intro and I think she did a wonderful job. I think you, Bridget. I, I really did practice while I was doing the dishes. I was like extra practicing. And you guys all know that I furiously like message Bridget like oh my god I want to do the intros for historical it just came to me and I was like I want to be the one and she was like go get it girl that's yeah. that's a homegirl she just like supports you <laughs> yeah I I don't I don't uh, feel any ownership over it it's just that I talk more than you so it seemed logical that I'd be the one to start <laughs> I actually very greatly appreciate that Bridget takes over the heavy lifting of the talking because she's so much faster than I am like her brain processing to mouth speed is just so freaking quick so i love to sit back and just watch bridget work <laughs> yeah but then you come like, in with those silky dulcet tones shani you know what I'm saying? i like everything okay yes. you know a little i'm, I'm teller <laughs> I'm teller, in the all right, well, teller. 
Well, we did not talk about this part of the podcast. Do you want to give the rundown of all the deets or do you want me to swoop in with the... I'm going to let you give the rundown mostly because I deleted them off of my sheet. Hilarious. Of course you did. (laughs) (laughs) You guys, before I get into Destiny's Captive by Beverly Jenkins, let me just tell you about how every week when Shawnee gives me her notes to then create the blog post and do all the, the stuff... I tell her, you have to fill out every category I've given you. You can't just leave some of them with one word answers or something. I'm like, you have to fill it out. And she's like, oh, I keep forgetting. I'm like, what are you reading off of when we do this podcast? <laughs> okay, Bridget, let me tell you. You do tell me this. Bridget does tell me this. And I, every time I say I'm going to remember and I'm going to do that, and then every time... I don't do it and I forget and then I go oh I'll remember later like I'll sit on the toilet and be like oh crap I need to go back in and fix my notes and then by the time I've gotten back to my computer I have forgotten again um so I am actually that is one of my resolutions my mid-year resolutions (laughs) is to be better at doing my notes for Bridget I just this is just a side note but how do you even go through this podcast without the notes I mean I write everything down so I remember what I want to talk about I don't know how what do you like are you just waiting for me to chime in so that you're like oh yeah I wanted to talk about that too no it's like um, I write my notes like somebody with a messy room like have you ever like cleaned up someone's room and they walk in and they're like I don't know where anything is now and you were like how did you know where it was before I write the most cryptic notes that only really make sense to me and I need to not do that because uh, this needs to make sense for other people. Yeah. But it's just it's just the way my brain works. It's like that really bad episode of The Office where Michael Scott says he remembers people's names by giving them a nickname in his mind, but they're all super offensive or weird. <laughs> or so that's me. That's me. <laughs> that's funny. You also don't use punctuation, but that's just a whole other podcast. I don't. I don't. I do use all caps, though, when I am aggressive about something. <laughs> that's true. All right, everyone, let's get into Destiny's Captive. So this is by, as we have mentioned, the Sultana of Smut, Beverly Jenkins. Um, She has been writing now for 26 years, we just discovered on the interweb. Uh, This book is book number three of the Destiny series. The other two books follow Noah's brothers' romances with their future and now wives in this book, because this is book three. It is historical romance, obviously. Let's start with the cover art, Johnny. What did you think? Okay, so I really love the cover art. One, they're both just so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is just so freaking tan. You know I love a dark coloring on a man. I love the dark hair. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, his chest is out. I mean, who doesn't love chestises? I love a chestises. Mm-hmm. Love it. That's what I'm saying. Um, and I like that she's got him. You know what I mean? She's coming at him. she got him. So uh, what did you think of the cover art, Bridget? Um, I love the sword. I was intrigued. Mm. I love that there's a ship in the background because it said she was a pirate or like descendant of pirates. And so and she had like the red color. And like you said, she's the one behind him, like grabbing him from behind. And I was I was all for it. I was I definitely got the historical vibe. Uh, I was picking up what what Beverly was putting down. I was picking it up. I like it. I like it a lot. I did the ship in the background is really great because I mean I picked this book specifically because um the storyline when I read the synopsis was kind of different and kind of reversed than other storylines so I picked it specifically because she was the pirate um she stole his boat and that's how their story gets kicked off there's like 
tons of books where a girl needs to escape her family or something, whatever, and she ends up stowing away on a boat and then falling in love with the captain or the captain takes advantage of her and they fall mm-hmm. in love, you know? And I just like that this wasn't that story. She was like, this book started off with a bam, you know? And you can tell by the cover that it's going to start off with a bang. So it was cool. Yeah, and before we go any further, I do want to give a quick trigger warning that there is rape and abuse in Noah's past. So if that is a trigger for you, uh, fair warning, we will be talking about that as it is a big part of his backstory. Uh, So let me just give you a quick synopsis. So Noah Yates, who is our hero, um, basically is... You know, he loves his family, loves his mob, loves his brothers and their spouses, uh, but doesn't ever think he's going to have that life because he was taken, beaten, and raped as an 18-year-old and indentured for two years on a boat and then spent 10 years after that trying to forget and building his fortune. And his last night in Cuba on business, the unthinkable happens. He's captured again, but this time by a woman pirate who steals his ship. And Pilar, the piratess, is descended from pirates, thieves, and rebels, and she steals his ship to run some guns to the rebels, and Noah promises revenge. And how ideal for him that he runs into her in Florida in the house of a business associate. Pilar literally fights for her life with the aforementioned sword, but Noah proposes marriage, and she's forced to propose it right back to save herself. Um... Shawnee, I am so intrigued. So as everyone maybe has already heard in the intro, if you were listening, that I am not well-versed in the historical land. So this whole season, I feel like I'm going to be not sure what your take is. Because I feel like we had, there were like two books that I was pretty surprised by your reviews in last season. And I feel like for the most part in the Black Dagger Brotherhood, we agreed mostly because we had already read them previously. So we already knew kind of what the other person, there were a couple that we were both surprised by our own flip flops in, in liking some of the brothers and not liking some of the brothers. But for the most part, I, for the most part, after reading a book, I was like, okay, I know our Shawnee's going to fall in this book. Um, But I really feel like this season, some of these books you're going to not like because like maybe they're repeating a trope or maybe they're doing something that you don't like seeing in historicals that I don't even know it, like wouldn't know to notice. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like there's going to be some where you just like this genre more than me. So you're going to be like grading on a higher curve than I would. And I'm slightly worried that that's one of the cases right now. Um, <laughs> but let's get into it. Why don't you tell me like what parts of the book you really liked? Let's start there. Okay, okay. Well, let's start all in general with, like, what we really liked. But actually, I'm going to go off on uh, one quick tangent. As people know, I listened to the audio. Um, and the narrator of this book, Thomas Penny, I did not like Thomas Penny. And it wasn't I, – I can't pinpoint why I didn't like him. He wasn't overall bad. He read the story. But he didn't – I don't know. He didn't add to it. And it it slightly took away. And I just can't tell why. Like, I don't have the – I just don't have the word to know why he annoyed me um, during the reading, but he did. Um, that I don't think had a bearing on so much on how I felt about the book in general. Um, so there's that. Two, just like as a side note for authors, I wish that as authors are getting more kind of woke to everything, 
that we would create a new um, trigger warning thing on books, something, and I think we should call them like books that are softies, right? And I call it that because you know that if you read a softie that there won't be anything to do with like sexual assault or like, um, you know, certain topics just won't be in that book because you can't tell um, by a cover of a book if you're going to have to deal with a character who's been through something that may trigger you, like one of these big things that might trigger you. And sexual assault is used so much in romance novels. Mostly it's mm-hmm. women. This in, this time it happened to be a man, which is not the first time I've read that the man was the one assaulted. But I personally don't like to read it in stories at all. Um, and it's something that just... Yeah, like you for sure wouldn't have chosen this one. You would have chosen one of the other two in this trio. Um, yeah. yeah, I would have chosen something different. Um, than this book. But that is a, like a personal preference to me. I just don't like reading about sexual assault and the things yeah. people need to do to overcome it, mostly because it's just a personal. And I feel like I read my I read my own synopsis that I just made up, but in the, I'm looking back at the real synopsis on the back of the book, and he there's nothing, like all it says is he doesn't believe that life is for him. It doesn't say because of his dark past. There's no like like they could have added two words to let you know like oh something happened to him. It doesn't have yeah. to necessarily describe what. And I think that would again like to your point help viewers and by viewers I mean obviously readers or listeners uh, know about the book because I do think that's yeah. important. I mean we had a bunch of books since the start of this podcast where we were like, that is not the book you sold to me, especially in contemporary. We had a bunch of books where we we're like, why is this book so dark? This is supposed to be a fun rom-com. You're <laughs> yeah, selling, well, I think you're selling the- me laughs <laughs> and I'm getting trauma and that's not what I signed up for. Yeah. Well, I think in the age of everybody being so woke, you know, that they're putting everything, they're trying to put everything in the book. You know, they're trying to be the most politically correct mm. as they can in a book. And I understand why nobody wants to be problematic and this and that. And I, I get it. And then sometimes it's a very fine line. Um, my thing is like, I wish there were even like some sort of acronym that you could put in the front of the book, like on the opening cover page inside, like, you know, gluten-free, like mm-hmm. the things you put on grocery box, like GF, you yeah. know, it's gluten-free. I wish there were like a letters acronyms that you could put in the book to know that these, you know, these um, themes are going to be in this book. And if you yeah. choose not to, you know, want to be triggered by those themes, you can put this book down. Um, And that's just something I think that we should consider in the whole romance genre altogether. Because some people like, um, do like it fine if there's a sexual assault in the book. And some people like bodice rippers, which the main characters, that's happening between the main characters in the book. And I think whatever people want in their books is fine. Maybe not underage stuff, but, you know, for the most part, you know I'm into kink. Yeah. I'm like, if you like yeah. it, I love it. I'm not yeah. gonna yuck your yum, but just let me know so that I don't have to walk into it. And I feel like I'm on my soapbox on this book, but I'm not just talking about this book in general. We just have read a lot of books where we've just been walking into it, and we're like, "Hey guys, uh, you know, I just mm-hmm. wanted a light summer read. Yeah. Um, this yeah. seems a bit heavy, you know." So totally. anyway, that's my soapbox. I'm getting off of it. Oh Back my God. to Beverly. You guys, Shawnee got on a soapbox. It's always me, but now it's Shawnee. This really is your season, Shawnee. I love it. This is my it. season. Oh my I'm, gosh, Bridget. I'm so uh, happy. I'm so happy. So, okay, so let's start with what we loved about the book. So what did I love? Um, one, I enjoyed the fact that Pilar was like 
what we consider now um, Afro-Latina or Afro-Latinx. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like to call Latinx, um, whichever you prefer. Um, I like that her family was shady as hell. I love that so like everybody... Shady, I <laughs> everybody. love... Like, I wanted that to be a bigger part. Did you feel like the first three chapters did not lead to the rest of the book? Bridget, first of all, I know where you're going with this, and you have to hold. You have to hold okay. because we need to start with what we liked about this book because once we go to the other side, I think we're going to be there for a minute. Okay. So. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, they did. I'll say that I did love that they described her family as a female coven of badasses, forgers, gun runners, et cetera. And I was like, yes, that's dope as hell. I'm in. I'm in. Yes. I'm in for it. Yes. I'm, I'm with you. Totally. A hundred percent. I was like, yes, she has this dope ass family who all have skills and are shady as hell. I'm for it. But you know, I like slightly shady people, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I love uh, that Pilar, obviously, she steals his boat. Yes. And that and that she followed him and she was in disguise and she's doing all this reconnaissance. Uh, that she goes to meet, like, the biggest, like, a, a, a mafia, you know, a central guy mm-hmm. on the island. Um, you know, and she's not scared of him and she's really, like, she's, like, such a badass. Like, she's Pilar such a badass. Is such a badass. And I I picked this book because I was like, yo, she sounds like the biggest badass ever. And I really, yeah. I'm down for it. Um, and then I love that she sword fought him. And that was hot and sexy, man. That was she hot was like, and sexy. That made him fall in love with her right then. Right? How'd you feel about that? Like, I loved it. He figures out that she's, so they're at his business partner's home in Florida, which turns out to be her uncle, who she has like never met because he's been estranged from the mom. And... They're there, and he figures out that it's her, and he confronts her, and she runs from him, goes into (laughs) this library or whatever, finds a sword on the wall, whips it down, and then sword fights him, literally to exhaustion when she finally has to concede. And, like, she cuts him on the face. Like, she gives him a run for his goddamn money. Like, he cuts one of her straps, and it, like, falls off her corset, so she cuts the other one. She's like, I don't give a fuck, bro. Like, I was like, (laughs) oh, it's going down, 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 down. Um, I mean, I thought that that scene was hot Hot. and sexy. Loved it. And they were. I was in love with both of those characters at that moment. I love that when she stole his boat. One, like, like any good woman, she didn't kill him. She just set <laughs> set him off a drift. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. she didn't rape him or try to take advantage of him. She just stole his boat and then set him off. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's always funny because if the positions were reversed, like when guy always takes a girl, it's always that she's getting, she's about to get sexually assaulted. You know what I mean? And oh, I just realized sure. that in the reverse, women don't really do that. I'm not going to say there's no women, like, you know, predators on this planet. But if you look at the percentage, it's like nothing to like 100. Yeah, women just don't like, I don't feel like that's the first thing that pops into your mind. It's like, let no. me just hop on this unwilling d you're like no let me just send him off in a rowboat into the night (laughs) i don't want you to be i don't want you to be my problem anymore that's like the real woman thing it's like get out of here i got more problems i don't need you to be another problem see yourself away yeah you know so i so i love that i love that she took his boat i love that you know when he looks at her and he's like i'm gonna find you yeah in her mind goes oh this fool he is gonna find me like there was a moment where she was like "Ooh." Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, in that moment, I was like, this is sexy. I mean, yeah. I mean, yes. They The the tension that I think that they were looking for in the beginning of the book, I felt like they were giving it to me. I was like, Beverly, yes. yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. You know, and then I uh, 
I wait. Let me tell you another oh. part at the beginning that I really like. Okay. So when he comes back and he's or when he they send everyone away from the party after the sword fight, and he tells them that he knows who she is and that she stole his ship and that he could turn her into the authorities. And he's like, but instead, I want to marry her. And everyone's like, wait, what? <laughs> and yeah, his, so it's his, it's it's her mom, her uncle, and her sister are there, and then the uncle's wife. And the uncle's wife is, like, talking some trash about Pilar and her sister. And the mom oh, straight yeah. up slaps her across the face so hard. And the lady's, like, telling her husband. And she's, like, you're going to let her do that? And he's, like, get, basically, like, get the fuck out of here. And I was, like, what <laughs> a fucking savage. <laughs> it's brutal. I mean, I mean, but I also, think you're right. Like, that- I was like, yo, Pilar's mom's a G. She gives zero <laughs> fuck. She just slapped her right in the middle. Which which I think house. is like really telling to like their family, you know what I, I mean? It. And their like family structure. And you yeah. know, sometimes I think when like it's kind of like that thing where, you know, when guys get into fight as a girl, you don't jump in. And then like for me, I always grew up knowing, and I don't know if anybody ever taught me this or if it was just like something that was modeled or whatnot, but if you had a boyfriend and a girl came up to your boyfriend and tried to, like, attack him physically, it was your job as a girlfriend to shut that shit down. Like, because he can't hit her, he can't do anything. It was your job to be like, oh, hell nah, you know, and work that out or whatever. So to me, it makes sense that he's like, nothing I can do here. Like, yeah. <laughs> Maybe. You know, like, Maybe. Eh. Yeah, I, can't, I can't replace you know. a sister, but I can replace a wife. <laughs> That's like what I was thinking. He was thinking, he's like, bitch, I don't like you anyway. Get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I did love that. I did actually really like that his proposal. I didn't feel like it was a far-fetched thing for him to do. He's mm-hmm. like, you know, he's a guy who's on ships and stuff like that. And I can very much see him wanting to marry a woman who knows how to fight, knows her way around a ship. He wants to sail. He wants to be uh, married with his partner on a boat. That's ideal for him. They talk about that in the book. So it makes perfect sense to me that he's like, this bitch, I'm yeah. about to marry her. I'm about yeah. to marry her. I'm about, about to snap, snatch a bitch up. I'm going to snatch a bitch up. I'm going to put a ring on it. I like it. Yes. I'm going to put a ring on it. Like yes. <laughs> It makes it sense to me. I completely agree, especially because, like, so this is her, this is one of my favorite quotes. This was her response to him being like, I think we should get married. And she's like, I can sail a ship and shoot a gun. I could walk 100 miles silently through the jungle on little food and no sleep. I can start a smokeless fire, feed myself on what I can forage, treat wounds, and sharpen a machete until it gleams. I know nothing about being a wife. And I was like, oh, this, she's the bomb." Jiggity. Look at all this cool stuff bomb. she could do. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I was just like, man, I am so for Pilar. And I thought um, when she, even when she decides to marry him, well, first, she, I actually kind of liked when she um, told, she was like, no, you know, and then he was, he talked to her and convinced her. He's like, okay, well, he's going to court her or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then her mom tried to hook her up with that old dude <laughs> who needed a wife. Well, the <laughs> like, mom, 
I was taking that as the mom being like, you should take this hot young man because look at these old nasty ass dudes yes. who, who are your other yes. options. <laughs> her mom was like hella setting her up, you know, but I just thought that was a really funny like kind I, of interaction. I thought the little sister was really cute because she said, um, so the little sister tells Noah that Pilar has never gotten roses from anyone before. And so he brings a bunch of roses for the mom and a bunch of roses for her. And Pilar's like, why are you helping him? And she's like, because my I've never read a love novel sister. That is my role. Pilar stared. The young sister is always on the hero side. And I thought that that was like the most adorably innocent, like funny. It was. Because I remember being a little sister with my sister. Hey, Anne, shout out to you being our co-host. Um when she had a boyfriend in high school who I don't even remember his name, but I just remember being like smitten with the idea of it and like the fun yeah. of it. And so I can totally, I, that really vibed with me. I thought that scene was cute. I know. I think you're totally right because I remember my sister, um, the husband she has now, um, he had an identical twin brother and they're mirror identical twins. And, I was like, oh, I should just fall in love with him. And then I can be with my sister forever and ever and ever and ever. That didn't work out. And it was for the best. (laughs) (laughs) But I just remember just like, oh, you know, she's so in love and whatever. And I remember her getting married. And quite literally, uh, you know, me and my little sister were in the wedding. And so... Uh, as soon as everybody's walking out, you know, you, me and my sister walked out and we met each other at the back of the, the hallway, you know, after the walkout. And we looked at each other and we just burst out crying because I think it was the first time we realized that, like, our sister was like, going to go away. Like, mm-hmm. somebody was going to take her off. And I don't think you realize that as, like, a little sister that your older sister is going to just be gone, you know. Yeah. And, like, she's somebody else's priority now and, like – she has a different priority than you. And I'm like, no, she raised us. She's mine. <laughs> <You know? laughs> She's mine. But, <laughs> She's mine. I, had, but yes. I had her first. <laughs> I think her sister was super, uh, super cute. And her mom was, her mom was just, I liked her mom a lot. Her mom had personality. And I liked that they worked in the culture re- very well. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked that they worked in the culture very well. I like that the narrator did pronounce um, all of the Spanish words very well and the Cuban words very well. I love that he pronounced the dishes and very well and that the author wrote about all these dishes um, in the mm-hmm. book and that Pilar mm-hmm. is constantly talking about how she wants to cook and bring her food wherever she goes. And I think mm-hmm. that is a big thing to do with culture. You want your food to follow you. Mm-hmm. Um, and Hispanic, <laughs> Latin people are all about food. Like mm-hmm. if there's nothing else, and I think that's F, so many cultures, mm-hmm. but Latin people will feed you till you die. Let me yep. tell you right now. <laughs> yep. For sure. So, so I actually really loved that, that that was a part of um, her story and her dynamic. <laughs> well, I'll tell you one more thing I liked. So I really liked – there were a couple things towards the beginning. So I liked the scene at the beginning where they play tag on the sand. Oh, so yeah. So he tells, he tells her that, like, you know, oh, a lot of people have been telling me that I'm not having any fun. And he's like, so show me how to f- have fun. And she just, like, decks him in the arm and just runs and then convinces him to, like, take off his shoes and stockings and go on the water with her. And, like, then they start making out. And, like, he's, like, sucking on the titties. And I was like, I'm here for this. And then they go back. That's the first night they have sex. And I was just like, all of this is working for me. 
All and it's all working for me. And it goes wrong right after that when they leave Florida. For yes. me. There yes. were there were I and I I want to there were some things later in the book that I did like, so I think we could get to them, but I don't want to like skip ahead to them and like skip over yes. the bulk of the book. Okay. I'm totally with you here because in general this is the turning point for me. So up until this point I'm like five stars. I'm in it. Yeah. I'm with it. I was Everything it. to I was me loving it. is killing the game, all right? I'm like, Beverly Jenkins, I've been snoozing on you. So just so the readers have an idea, um, I personally um, do not read books that have anybody who was a slave, a former slave, anything to do with that because I just choose to. I also don't watch movies about slaves. I don't want to read about slaves. It's just not... Anywhere I want to put my brain. I don't want to put my brain into that thing. Um, We had the opportunity to um, pick, I think it was Alyssa Cole for this season. And I I didn't pick that book specifically because it was about that. They had slaves and and it's a badass book. I read the back and stuff. It's not that the book is bad. It's just that personally when I read romance, I... That's too real for me. That's too... That's just too too much. I can't... I just don't want to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, I specifically picked this book because it didn't um, have any of that. It was far. It was farther removed from that. So I read a lot of Beverly Jenkins synopsis in order to pick a book that was far from that. Um, in the past, I strayed away from her books because they were a bit too real in that real zone for me. So I was actually mm-hmm. really excited to read one of her books for the season. And I was like, yeah, we got to kick off season. I will read all the synopses of these books just so we can read a Beverly Jenkins in this season. Um, so I was prepared to like love the shit out of this book, Bridget. I always want to tell you that right now from the jump. I was prepared for that. However, I should have known things was going to go wrong on the segregation train. The segregation should have known. The segregation train. Oh, my God. So I actually was not opposed to the book. So, okay, so they get on the train. They they take a train from Florida all the way to California, which is yeah. an incredibly long train ride in 2020. But back in the dizzy, it was days and days and days. Yeah. Well, just to add, she's fleeing Cuba to Florida and then fleeing from Florida with him across the United States. Right. Because— She's there's like a bounty on her and they're looking for her because obviously she's stolen some shit. Right. And so the uh, they go through the South, which, of course, at the time had segregation. And so they have to ride in the smoking car for one of the segments. They have to ride in like all, all you know, like the bad cars in the back. Where yeah, all the she's got to ride with the animals, animals at, at one point. point. And then when they get to Denver and then go west from Denver, then they get to sit in like the normal cars again. And... I actually wasn't super upset about it because, frankly, I feel like the train trip could have just happened in a page. Like, we were on a train for eight days, and sometimes we were in terrible conditions, but we made it at last and stumbled off the train in California. I think it could have been one paragraph, and I would have been like, cool. I didn't need to know anything else. It's fine. They made it. Because nothing on the train rides happens except they're on the train rides. 
Well, I and think it's that... Point, and it's pointed out that there's segregation, so you know that there's some racism because they're both brown, and which, which I feel like I didn't need to have spelled out because it's historical, and so... I assume well, that there's racism towards them. So, I don't. I don't know. Uh, but okay, that so the joke that part didn't really bother me. Okay, so it's I not actually that that part bothered me, right? Okay. I just use I just use that as the moment in time oh, where gotcha. things took the turn, right? So, to me, I prefer there not be a, like enough of the book to be real enough to get to a segregation okay. train to begin with. Um, like that's too that's gone too far for me. Like I don't want to read. You know how I feel, Bridget. I'm like, I gotta yeah. live this every day. I don't want to yeah. read it in my books. Yeah. So, um, so the the train for me, it that that part just made me upset. Like I just got angry in the book because one, I know it's historically accurate and true, right? right. So she, her having to be separate from her husband, uh, to ride this train, and um, for her to have to ride in like the animal car or whatever. Um, but initially. When he's he's so angry that this is happening and he knows it has to happen, this part of me in my body was like, no, I don't care. Figure out another solution. Like, don't yeah, separate like from your wife. Rent a carriage or some Ride shit. A, like, exactly. Later on, he was talking about, the, she did put this reference in the book, and I think it might have been to kind of cover the fact that for him to ride with his wife, he would have had to get a private car and then... And that was too expensive. Like he he talks about later on, like, oh, maybe all of us can pitch in to get a private car so that Together. we don't have to be separate or whatever. Right. So I'm assuming he couldn't afford it on the the front side of the trip. But they don't tell you that till later on in the book. And part of me just I was just angry at that point. I was just like, no, I don't want to read about segregation. I don't want him separate from his For wife. sure. The idea is shitty. The yes. And I, I feel like it okay, a few things that I didn't like about it. Uh, story-wise. It slowed the plot down too fast, too far, I thought. Yeah. Because that whole train ride took a lot of pages, but nothing happened. So there was no real development of their relationship together. There was no, like, they stopped over in Denver and then, ha- like, got this, like, penthouse, like, uh, boarding room and, like, had a sexy night, which was, you know, nice, but, like, I could have had that happen in California. Uh, so I didn't feel like I got... Because, like, so when the segregation started, I thought that that was going to bring up, because she's, like, a rebel and stuff. So I thought that that was going to, like, stir up some sort of dialogue between them or some sort of rebelliousness on her part or his part. Some sort of, like, bucking the status quo-ness was going to happen. And, like, nothing happened. And so I was, like, I didn't didn't feel like. Okay. Yeah. So didn't you feel like. Okay, and again, I just use this train ride as like a midpoint, right? Or the at that train ride was the starting point of Pilar not being Pilar. The, the oh my god, the woman, the woman that yes. they sold us in the beginning, who I was like five stars. This book gone. is five stars. She was gone from that point on. Like I don't feel like I ever fully got her back. There was like one or two things where I'm like, okay, she's showing some gumption here, but but her hopes and dreams and all the things that she gone. talked about and that she wanted. Were him, gone. Him too, though. Yeah. Both of them were gone. So he talks at the beginning. Okay, I'm so glad, Shawnee, because I was a little bit worried that I was like, wow, I'm really off base on this book. And Shawnee's going to be like sad because I really have problems with this book. Okay. So here are my thoughts. So he talks about at the beginning that he wants to spend his entire life on the sea. And he's like, how will I ever find a wife who wants to be on the sea with me? Then he meets a yeah. pirate. How convenient. But then they don't end and then up he on the, the sea. 
It doesn't make any sense. They don't end up on the sea. And then she's talking about like how, why I've never thought about being a wife because who wants to marry a rebel and who wants to marry a woman who's going to like do all these things and demand all these things. And he's like, well, I want to be that husband. But then the second they get in California, she like goes shopping with her. I mean, I like, I actually really liked the two sister-in-laws. I thought they were a lot of fun. And the mother-in-law was a lot, you know, like I liked their repartee and stuff. Like their scenes were some of the funniest, I thought. But like she goes shopping because she's like worried about having the right clothes to impress people. And I was like, what? No, why would you care about that if you're her? And then he's, she's like, no, I want to contribute on the ranch. And I was like, okay, that's cool. And so finally she like is going to be training horses and breaking horses for them, Um, which I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. But the, like he, okay. So, and he has no agency either because he's like, well, I'm not really sure what I'm going to do. Blah, blah, blah. We could live here. We could do this. And then they're both immediately like, well, we can't go on the boat because when we have kids, that's not practical. And I'm like, take a fucking tonic. Hello. Like, <laughs> what is going on? And Because it, it makes no sense to me that he's like, well, I don't know if I'm going to get another boat. Like, I don't know who would be well, my partner okay, so in business. And I'm like, she's going to be your partner in business, brah, obviously. And then the whole shipyard thing and like introducing that other lady as like a very one-dimensional sort of villain as his, like, I wrote former everything, flame. Everything like, you're saying, I'm like, I wrote all this down, Bridget. We are on the same page. Uh, you know how I feel about a one-dimensional villain. Oh, this girl, and she's jealous. And oh, my God, she's the villain. Yeah. Like, it, like the, and she's, so this like, book the was sweetest written, dad, but... Yes. This book was written, I think, in... Oh, it was written a while ago. Like, okay, so this book was published in 2014. So it's not that old. So I don't... Some of these things I don't expect. Like, if I was reading a book from the 1980s or even early 1990s, I would expect some of the things in this book because they were just so typical of the times. Yeah. But this, like some of these things are such old, like uh, mechanics. She literally says in, to him at one point, the book. well, wife's place is to go with her husband. Oh my God, I wrote and I that. Was, I was Bridget. like, the fuck it is, Pilar. Like, Bridget, what? I was what? So, Pilar, where is Pilar? What is, what are made, we doing right now? It made no. Did you want to jump in the book and smack her? Come on, just yes. tell me you wanted to jump and be like, "Wake up, girl!" Wake well, up. I, honestly, I just kept. I kept thinking, like, okay. I was like, well, maybe like there's going to be an, a point later in the book where like she's sort of lost herself in this. She's in a, a new country. She's with a people she doesn't know. So maybe she's like, okay, well, let me get my fitting like. Well, I'm stuck with him now, and, like, I have no money, no friends. I don't know where I am. Like, I have to sort of make this work. But then I was like, oh, there'll be a something that, like, shocks her back into herself where she's like, yeah. no, actually, like, we're going to go fucking smuggle drug, you know, not drugs, smuggle guns down to Cuba, and we're going to, like, bring money to the rebels and blah, blah. Like, I was like, oh, something will happen and then nothing ever happened. And then when he was talking about buying the shipyard, I was like, oh, she's going to go to him and be like, actually, like, I miss the sea. I want to be out on the ocean. Yeah. We have to. Bridget, and I then can think that of, like, didn't happen. And, okay, so let's just get to the clincher of, like, wait, my least favorite wait, part of the book. Wait, I have to, Johnny. I had to talk okay. about my least favorite part of the book because it's. Okay, tell me. I, you already know what it's going to be. He freaks out because he has PTSD and they run into the guy (sighs) who 
who was the one who kidnapped him originally and, like, left him there to be mm-hmm. raped and stuff. And then he had to serve two years of indenture servitude on his ship. And it was, I'm assuming, also, like, very brutal and filled with assaults and stuff like that. And so he, like, beats the shit out of this guy, I, which I think is a reasonable response. And... Yeah. Well, and the guy had said something like, oh, does he bugger you? Like, the guy's buggered him on the island. Yeah. And so now his wife, so now he's ashamed that his wife knows that he was raped. Which I get, again, very traumatic. So I forgive him the first day of freaking out and silence. Yeah. I will even forgive you a second day. But that man is gone for a fucking long ass time. He finally comes back, not to say, hey, I'm an asshole and I'm sorry, but to say, I'm going to go to this island and see if I can get closure by my goddamn self. Doesn't take her on the boat, even though she's a boat pirate badass. Takes some strangers he doesn't know. And he's gone, Shawnee, for months. She's six months pregnant when he gets back. He leaves her pregnant for months in a country she doesn't know without her mom and her sister. And I was like, drop that motherfucker like a bad habit. Okay, let me tell you, I have been really trying to stay quiet. Why even saying this? Because, yes, absolutely everything that you said. And I'm just going to repeat it, but in my own tone. Please. Who the fuck told him he has the right to just disappear whenever the fuck he wants? We are married. The two have become one. Let me say it again. The two have become one. Okay? And so when he decides, first off, okay, I'm going to bring it back because, look, I got goosebumps because of just how upset this made me because Shani, my notes are all caps there's so many all so caps. are mine my caps <laughs> so so many caps for here i even used a highlighter in these notes because i was like don't miss this point okay so <laughs> i even wrote like what the hell happened to her hopes and dreams in all fucking caps <laughs> and i was like who the hell body snatched pilar okay so yeah. so here so let me just, let me back it up a little bit. I'm gonna, I got to calm down because I got a side here. Okay. <sighs> all right. First of all, when she said uh, a wife goes where her husband goes, I was like, what? What? So it's not that I'm opposed to this idea of the w- wife goes where the husband goes, but it seems so out of character for her specifically, right? Um, she's a badass. She don't let anybody tell her. She went up against the mafia guy. Like, she is not scared of anything, okay? And nobody's holding her down. She is Oya. She is the wind, okay? And so my thing is that when... Okay, I got to stop for a second. I literally have to stop. <laughs> okay, so this book did a couple things to me that just don't make sense, uh-huh. right? Um, number one. I was okay with her and him not having much conflict. They did not have any real conflicts in the book leading up, right? They were actually so in love. I actually thought it got really blown out of proportion and was a fake conflict when he had a nightmare and he told her to go back to bed kind of gruffly and then they made a kind of a thing out of it or whatever. He had a nightmare. Yeah, I thought that was stupid. Yes, he might have hurt your feelings a little bit, but he apologized. And that's the thing you move on from. You don't give that... Too, not too much fuss, no muss. That was not a real conflict. They made it bigger than it 
was or mm-hmm. should have been. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing later when something similar happened or whatever. Not a real conflict. I, I thought they were trying to make these. She was trying to make these conflicts out of nothing that were not. Um, and then I thought where it could have shined for them to really have a conflict, it didn't. It, it was so weird. So, okay. So he sees the guy in the street. He beats the shit out of him. She's trying to break it up or whatever. Finds out what happens to him. Um, he's mad about it. Uh, he doesn't want to talk to her later. He decides he's going to leave for two weeks. This is the moment when he decides he wants to leave for two weeks. This is where I expected Pilar to turn back on. This was the moment. This was her moment. This is her to realize, oh, who the hell she was? Who am I? My, where did I come from? Look at my yeah. people. Look at my legacy right now. I expected her to be gone. When he came back after that two weeks, I wanted him to meet an empty house without his wife. I wanted him to learn she was pregnant and gone, okay? And that he didn't know by the time he came back or whatever. Or, God forbid, we're going to give them the two weeks. He comes back after two weeks. She's going to, she first of all, she forgave him way too fast. She's like, he was like, yeah, I had to take time to think. I was like, bitch, we married. You need to think. You need to send me a telegram and be like, I need an extra day. But you don't get to just disappear for two weeks. No. I'll be at my sister-in-law's house. I'll be at my other brother-in-law's house. I'll be at somebody else's house. I won't be at your house. Let me tell you right now. That's where I expected her to be, okay? And then... Or, he, so, or chasing after him because she's the pirate. Or, yes. And or being going like, to get no, him. Fuck and be, you, and bring bro. him back. Yeah, like you need yes. to snatch your ass back to this Something. house right now. Yeah. This is where she could have turned back on and I would have forgiven the book, some of the bullshittery at this point. But then, mm-hmm. like... She forgives him really too quickly. And he's like, I need to go back and reach the island to fix myself. And they kept saying this one line that really bothered me, which was like, if I just go to the island, I will be I will be fixed. I mm-hmm. won't be broken anymore. I'll be fixed. And at the end, he goes to the island and he comes back and he's fixed. And don't talk about his trauma anymore. And that's not how that works. And I want people to know that's not how that works. You don't yeah. just get fixed. That, that trauma, you can get to a point where you can be good with your life and you can put it in the past and you can move on and be well. But there's no fixed Okay, it's just now it's just a scar that's just healed over, and now you got that little funny line there. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. like, I didn't like that they had said it so many times. And then like, I and it they, happened so fast. He was like, "I'm like, why did it take you five months to get back home or four months to get back home? Because you went over there, and the first day you sat your ass down, and you were fucking fine. You're like, well, I just yeah. sat there and experienced it, and I got over it, and now I'm all right. And I'm like, well, what no. the hell were you doing? I wanted him to come back if it was six months later and be like, I decided to get us a fleet of ships and we're going to live on them and like raise our children as little like fucking crew people and it's going to be great. Yeah, well, I like for me, I just, I don't know. It just went in a direction that I just thought there were so many other ways to turn this book around and for it to make sense for their characters. She gave them so much to work with. That mm-hmm. it's 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 baffles me that it ended the way that it did. I, I actually yep. call this book part one. <laughs> like there should be a second part to this book. Um, but when he left for all those months, she should have been gone. I think she should have been back on a train, back home to her mother or well, somewhere. She, she else. even said in when he comes in after he's gone for two weeks, she even in her mind is like, I don't know if I can take it if this is going to keep happening. Like, I'm not going to live and just, like, always be, like, worried he's going to leave or that's how he's going to deal with things. Exactly. But, but then like, he, like, when, leaves immediately after that and she's still there 
And there's no conversation about how long he's going to be gone or how much time he needs. Like, it might be like, oh, I'm going to go. I don't know how much time I need, but I'll be back within a month at least, you know, or Mm -hmm. something. I'll be back in a couple weeks or I'll be back, whatever. Mm -hmm. Or I'll send you uh, telegrams and things so you know I'm okay and that things Mm -hmm. are doing and I'm all right. Yeah. And she's like thrilled to see him when he comes. And he says, like, hey, hey, my little, hey, my little pirate. And he, like, jumps on her. And she's like, not so little anymore. I would have been like, where the fuck have you been? Have you been? been? <laughs> what are you? I hated being pregnant so much. Shani, can you imagine me six months and Bridget. Leo disappeared for four fucking months? I would be slicing him at the tendons. <laughs> but you'd be a widow. You would be a <laughs> widow. That's a, we, what would we call? We would call fierce. Leo uh, dead meat. That's oh what would God. happen. I mean, I, there's no way in hell that, like, and you know, so my... my. I mean, I might have so forgave him at the end of it because I'm a forgiving lady and I love my husband. But I can tell you right now, I wouldn't have jumped in his arms. I'd have been like, oh, you're not dead? Listen. Well, wonderful, because seafaring in this time period is very dangerous, and I didn't know that. And you're a cunt because you left me here by my goddamn self. Where's my mom and sister? Big fat cunt. I big hate you. fat <laughs> There would be a lot of foot rubs in his yeah, future. There would be a lot of back rubs. There would be a lot of flowers. There would be a lot of whatever it is that would need to happen to make up I for want. this stuff. But let me I tell want. you right now, I would not have been at that house when he got back. No, no, no. I would not have been at that house. I don't know where she should and could have gone. But if I were her, he had already owned the fleet of ships, right? So that she's his wife. She can go down to his office and take a ship. She should have gone down and taken a ship and tried to sail back. And I don't know what year this book um, takes place. I don't remember. But the Panama, this is a thing that that they don't really talk about in the book, so I'm not 100% sure. But the Panama Canal, I think, was built in 1881. And I'm not sure when this book takes, takes place. But his ship that she initially steals is in the Atlantic Ocean, right? It is on the Atlantic side. And the only way to get from where he was in San Francisco to the Atlantic side would have been through the Panama Canal, which I'm not sure it was whether or not it was. I think it's after uh, that. It was like, eight. I want to say it was like 1887, but I'll look real fast while you talk. Because if it's 1887, then he sailed, he got that ship and maybe he sailed that ship through the Panama Canal. If not, I'm not sure if he had sailed that ship from San Francisco, how, how his boat it's that he eight, named eight, after. It, it, it is 1887. Okay. So then, if, then, so then initially I'm assuming that he sailed his boat to, you know, the Caribbean through the Panama Canal. And when she broke his boat, then he couldn't get back. So that's why they had to take the segregation chain, you know, the hill. (laughs) Um, (laughs) 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 Or whatever. But uh, I forgot what my main point was. My my point was... uh, You hated the ending of the story and you thought it didn't make sense and it did not do either character justice. Yeah. Okay, but just as, like, if I were her, I would have just gone to his shipyard, taken his best boat, because she could. She was his wife. Yeah, sailed my goddamn cell phone. Yeah. She can't go home, though, to Cuba. I would have gone there, signed all the paperwork that I needed to sign in his name, and take that boat back home. I would have signed the boat over to myself. I'd have been like, (laughs) Pilar, (laughs) sign swirl, and taken my ass home to my parents. Mm -hmm. And then he would have had to come back and get me, and he would have had to work for it, and I might not have gone. I might have been like, nah, now you have to relocate to Cuba, because that's where I want to be. I want to be where my parents are, in Cuba. I might be a fugitive. I might get arrested. But... We could go to Costa Rica because that's where everybody's fleeing from Cuba and Jamaica. We can go to Costa Rica and live a good life. Yeah. I'm just we're saying. Gonna live, we're going to live wherever the fuck I want to live. 
Yes. Or she could have went to Panama because that's what Panama is where like everybody, everybody went. So the thing about it is I just thought that she had so much more backbone than to go through the bullshit of how this book ended. I did not like it, Bridget. Did he get shot? Okay, so did, did he get shot before he went on this sojourn and left her, right? I think he got shot before. But there's one other aspect before. that I want to bring up because I really felt like this book could have, especially if it's if it was written in 2014, right? Because we got birth control now, so it's on our brains. And the thing about it is she was a badass. She wanted to be a pirate. She wanted to run ships to the rebels. That was her dream. He wanted a wife who lived on the sea. He wanted to sail and have fun. I don't think either of them, to me, were in kid-minded mode, even though they talked about it like, we might have a baby. We might have... But the dreams don't align with having a baby right away. Anyway. I agree. Even if they can't have a baby on the ship or whatever, condoms did exist, okay? Yep. Like... Or some sort of uh, um, sponge or prophylactic did exist at this time. And I felt like she was the independent woman they sold me at the beginning of the book had enough gumption to be using some form of birth control. Yeah, or the Even mom if she didn't tell have, him about the it. The mom would have been like, here is this. This is how you use it. You should do this. Because what if she needs to get away from him? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the the mom's not sure about him either. So I feel like the mom would have been like, drink this tonic every night so you don't get pregnant. Exactly. Like I just I I just didn't feel like the the yeah. woman on the second half of the book was the same woman from the front. And I think they tried to pretend like she was by her breaking the horse and then her she had that badass moment where uh, the assassin shot her husband and she put the gun to his head and was like, Look, dude, I will kill you. Okay, you're going to tell me what I need to know now, you know? Yeah. But also that conflict in general to me was like stupid. I, so, okay, so let me so let me tell everyone about the conflict. So the so the guy, so there's this so there's this old man who runs the shipyard and his daughter is someone that Noah has dallied with over the years. Lavinia. And, and the, the old man was a little savage to his daughter. He's like, "I told you you wouldn't marry you if you could get it for free." And I was like, "Brutal." Oh my god. <laughs> Anyways, so he's dying, and he can't leave the shipyard to his daughter because it's 1887, and no one will come buy ships from her because she's a woman. And so he's like, no, I always liked you. Will you buy the shipyard from me? And I was thinking, oh, maybe she's not going to turn out to be that bad, and she's and he's going to be like, okay, I will buy it from you, and you can run it for me because you know everything, and I just want one ship to sail around, and I'll come back, and I'll be like the face of it, but you really run it didn't happen. She became like a petty criminal and she aligned herself with the evil guy who actually turned in Pilar's father to get hung by the Spaniards and the, and like one of his little henchmen and they conspired together to kill Noah. So he's like out riding to town and he gets shot three times and he miraculously survives. And when they bring in this guy who no one knows who he is. And they're like, oh, we found someone else who was injured. And she immediately grabs someone's gun and puts it under his chin. I'll just read it to you because it's one of my favorite quotes. She said, so we meet again. Everyone stilled and stared because the gun's under his chin. She told the wide-eyed man in a cold and deadly voice, if you even blink, I will blow your head off. Put him in a chair, Logan. And he's like, peel our eye. And she's like, do it, Logan, now. She drew the gun back, and she watched the man with hate-filled eyes. As he was helped to his chair, the room went quiet as a tomb, and he viewed Pilar warily. I don't know who you think I am. She says, oh, I know who you are. And to prove it, she said in her crone's voice, who's your master? It took him a moment to remember meeting her. And it's like, 
She's a bad. She shoots him in the leg. She's like, I give zero oh. fucks. I'm gonna shoot your goddamn nuts off. You better tell me what I want to know. And I was like, oh, there she is. There's the dope ass lady from the beginning of the book. There she is. Which is, which literally reminds me of that movie, like A Long Kiss Goodnight, which is one of my all time favorite movies, like ever made. It's with Samuel L. Jackson and Gina Davis, and she is an assassin who gets amnesia. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a couple things that start triggering her memory to come back. And so she's like this house, she's she's like this housewife and this like mom who just starts doing like assassin things, you know? And then the whole movie is like, you know, uh the people finding out she's alive because she was on a TV news broadcast and them coming back to kill her and her we're starting to remember things over time. But like this movie was really badass and it was like, you know, for its time, it was really amazing. Um, and I like to watch it every so often because there's this part where she throws knives and she's like, yeah, chefs do that. Chefs do that, right? And the, <laughs> her dude's like, uh, I don't think they do that. But anyways, in that, she had full-on amnesia, okay? So she had to remember what a badass she was. This one, Pilar, has no amnesia. She's a badass, okay? And this moment shows you she's a badass. But none of the other badassery comes out, like, at any other time. And I would have liked to see, I think this book could have... Um, better balance the idea of Pilar wanting to fit in, which I don't think is, I don't, I'm not opposed to the fact that she wants to to try to fit in, you mm-hmm. know? She loves her husband, so it would make sense to want to um, do, you know, the best she can with his family, you know? I find that to be, like, a thing. I mean, I'm not going to say I'm, this is unique to me, but, like, my partner, um, I haven't met his family yet, but I'm incredibly nervous about meeting them. And I'm thinking, what's the best gift to bring when I first go visit them? And what's, and how do I do this? And da, 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 you know, whatever. Like, I can see that being a thing. Um, I don't think it takes away from the badassery of me, but I'm st- I'll still tell, tell a fool to fuck the hell off, <laughs> you know? Um, so I can see that. I would have liked to have seen the balance of this pirate trying to be more feminine um, as more of an obstacle. I like that they spent a lot of time on their home life with just her acclimating to his family and stuff. I felt like there could have been more funny moments in that if they had let her continue to be the pirate Um, because the culture she's going from this Cuban culture to uh, a different culture and a Spanish culture and they're different. Um, And I thought there could have just been, there were moments that could have been cute. That could have been cute. That could have been funny. That could have been awkward um, that were missed. And I was like, oh, this would be cute if this happened. I know when I'm reading a book that I'm not satisfied when I'm like, oh, but they should have done this or they could have done this or, oh man, this would have been a perfect moment for this, you know? Um, and yeah, I just, there were so many moments missed. This is one of the few books that we didn't, that was not recommended to us for our historicals season. I specifically went out and searched for this book. Um, so, there was no guarantee. <laughs> there were no guarantee what we were going to get for this one. But but yeah, I definitely, um, I just, I was not okay with how this, how this book ended. And I would like literally like three more chapters that maybe could make this book turn around. <laughs> All right, well, let's this take book, a- This book ended hella week, Bridget. It was hella week, man. It was. Let's take a quick break. Um... And when we come back, we'll give you some ratings and let you know where we fell. Hello, best friends. Thank you for being loyal listeners of Romance at a Glance. We're so happy to have you. If you'd like to support us further, head over to Patreon, where you can become one of our patrons. 
We've got a lot of great perks, such as merch and a super secret discussion group where Bridget and I talk to you directly about all things romance and all things nasty. So come on over. And now, back to our show. Ratings, ratings, what did you give the hero? I gave him a two. I felt like it was, like, I liked his determination at the beginning. Um, But then I just felt like the whole book was everything just happening to him. He had no agency at all. He wasn't deciding anything. Like, the shipyard fell into his lap. Um, He was talking about, at the beginning, about never wanting to leave the sea. And I hated that he left her, treated her so badly at the end. I get that he had, like, a lot of PTSD and shame. But she's your pregnant wife, so you need to figure out a better way to deal with it than just leaving her alone. Pretty much. Pretty much. I It was funny because I was like, two or three, two or three. But I settled on two. Um, I did like that in the beginning of the book, I like that he was a husband to her, right? So a lot of these books, they really give you angst between the couple early on. Um, and they make it real dramatic. I like that it wasn't necessarily so dramatic. You know, he was just trying to be a good husband. He was kind. He was sweet. Um, and I didn't think they needed to make a conflict between the two of them. And I liked that it was more outside forces that was the conflict versus them having some, you know, made-up conflict, even though they did have a little bit with his dreams and stuff that I thought was a little bit of a made-up conflict. Um, but in general, I liked that they were in love. They spent most of the book in love, right? So where it took a hard left for me um, was that he disappeared for two weeks. And then he came back and was like, I need to go on my spirit journey to heal myself. And and I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you where I'm going or how I'm going. I'm not going to tell you how long I'm going to be gone. I'm not going to tell you who I'm with. I'm just going to go, you know. And and you're just going to have to support this process, you know. Um, And, and like— she didn't even feel comfortable enough to tell him she was pregnant. Like, that's sad. And then his whole family knew. And he was the last to find out that, that his wife was having a baby. Yeah, that and was that's really sad. just fucked up. I also know? feel and like, to your point about him being really sweet to her and kind to her, I don't feel like that was in character to him. To like, Yeah, he had his nightmares and stuff, but I don't feel like the big freak out was in character. Um, cause he had a much tighter, like leash on his emotions. Like it well, would have made sense to me that he beat the guy up and then was having like more nightmares or something like that would have made sense to me. But I didn't think it made sense that he like completely snapped and then left her and then like made her feel so uncomfortable that she didn't even want to say I'm having your baby. Like I, I felt like that was well, bad character. Uh, yeah. Like, so like the first time he snapped, like I understand he snapped in his dream. You're kind of waking up. You're not really paying attention too much. I can see him snapping at her, her there, and just. But mm-hmm. he didn't. To me, it wasn't a snap. He just it wasn't said, even "I need to be bad. left alone." He was it wasn't grumpy. bad at all. He was just. Grumpy. I'm worse than that in the morning when I'm like, "Yo, get your morning breath out of my face." I'm worse than that. Literally, if I'm reading a book and someone talks to me, I'm like, "What do you want? What could <laughs> you possibly want that's more important than this book I'm reading?" <laughs> like, but but for real, like legitimately. I feel like, okay, so, okay, I'm going on a tangent here. But my mom the other day refused to wake me up. I was like, mom, I need you to wake me up by two because I got to go get my TSA pre-checked, you know, at three. And I, If I'm not up by two, I really need you to make sure I'm up. 
And she texts me back later and she was like, I don't really want to wake up. You're so grumpy and angry when I wake you up. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, what? She was like, yeah, you yelled at me last time. I don't remember this, by the way. She was like, you yelled at me last time. So I thought it would be funny to take a screenshot of that and put it in my siblings group chat. And I wrote, when did mom become such a wussy, right? And all my siblings wrote back and they were like, uh, Shani, um, we don't <laughs> like to wake you up either. <laughs> and, then, and then my sister took a video of my niece and she said, hey, Bella, um, would you wake up Auntie Shani Nani? And Bella was like, uh-uh. And I was like, oh shit, I'm a savage. (laughs) You are the villain of your own story, Shani. But apparently I just been abusing people when they wake me up all for my whole life. But but like to me, I think I never get mad if somebody gets grumpy when I wake them up. I don't spend the whole day going like, oh man, they must be so mad at me. Like it just that's just not a thing. So to me, I just didn't think that conflict was reasonable. And I think later on when that guy attacks a guy and beats him up and he's like, yo, you know, they bugger you. When she finds out that, oh, he beat up this guy because it led to his his continual rape, like by multiple people, that information came out in that guy's statement that uh, that it seemed very... I feel like she should have, like, put, like kicked him, too. She should have been like, this is the guy who cut you? Yeah. And just fucking, actually- like, gone ham on him. I'm with you, Bridget, because I did not expect her to try to stop him. I actually did not, because Pilar to me is cutthroat. Both of them kind of remind me a little bit of the Joker and Harley Quinn. Not to yeah. the, totally, totally to the extreme, but they're the kind of people like Bonnie and Clyde, like, like I got your back. Like, you know, I don't know why we're kicking him. I was going to say the scene right before that, she literally just shot someone to protect, like get the truth out of it and protect him. So then it doesn't make any sense to me. She's back to like the little wifey and not like, oh, he just like got shot. So he's weak. And now this guy is like, he's fighting with him. And she's like, oh, this is the motherfucker. Like I'm going to yes. pull out my sword and whoop some ass. Bury well, the body this- with you. Exactly. We go bury bodies, man. Let's drag his ass. That song we wrote called "Bury Bodies." Yeah. But but like, yes, I. We are going to bury bodies together. I mean, so like, okay. So put it this way: when I have friends, I always tell them like, I'm that kind of friend, and I expect this from my friends in return. That if we're out on the street and you see me fighting somebody, that you just beat that person up with me. And then when we get in the car and we're leaving later after this incident is over, you go, what the hell was going on? Like, you don't ask <laughs> questions. This is what's happening right now. You're my friend. You get in here or you help this situation somehow, but don't ask questions. <laughs> like, just do what needs to be done. <laughs> you yeah. know? I mean, I don't think I run around trying to beat people up or anything, but yeah, like, thankfully. that's the kind of... <laughs> That's the kind of wife, that's the kind of partner that you want. So the fact that actually she tried to break it up a little bit, I was just like, no, you just heard what he said. Like, at this point, kick him in the balls. Or, you know, do that thing where you just kind of sidle up, pretend like you're not doing anything, and then you just kick him in the teeth. Like, something. But I just didn't think, I don't know. She was just, it was a different woman. It was not. Well, what did you give, what did you give her? So I gave her a three, only purely because, I averaged out the Pilar from the beginning of the book with the Pilar from the end of the book. I thought she ended as a one for me, and she started as a five. So I gave her a three. I liked that she was a badass. I liked that she was willing to shoot this guy to get info for her husband. Um, And I just thought that she was, like, 
I thought she was amazing when she started this book. And then at the end, I literally called her blah. I was like, she blah. She could be anybody at this point. She This could be any historical romance. This could be... I was waffling quite a bit and ended up saying, so I guess I'll give her a three with a question mark. <laughs> <laughs> so I was going to give her a two, but I same as you. I mean, I liked the gumption. I liked the badassness. I liked... I like that she, even when she was being not herself, still wanted to, like, pull her own weight and contribute on the ranch and, like, find a place for herself, which I liked. Um, But I just didn't like that she, like, completely forgot everything about herself. So Uh, I guess I would call him a McDreamy because he was very McDreamy to her. I I thought so. With the exception of the last, like, 20% 20% of the book. But before yeah, I think, the whole, the rest of it, I would say make dreamy. Well, like before the end of the book, I was like, I love the way he loves her. Like, yeah, I did. I was with it. You know, I, I don't know what happens sometimes in these books when people try to end I honestly, I honestly think the problem is that they, so I think that there's nothing wrong with having a beautiful romance novel where the couple doesn't have conflict except for on the outside. There's nothing wrong with the couple's relationship being the strength and the outside world being the problem. And I think sometimes at the, like they get into these books and they're like, wait, but nothing bad has happened. So I have to just, I have to have one more thing. And it's like, no, you don't. You don't no, you have don't. to have one more thing. Like, or, or, or certainly not one more incredibly traumatic thing that then you wrap up in 15 pages. Like, your one more thing that, can be... That right like, there. Your one more thing, if it's right at the end of the book, should be like, oh, but she's mad because you bought her a black horse and she really wanted the brown horse and so she's going to settle for it and she's going to give you an aw shucks. Like, that's as much conflict (laughs) as I want in the last 15 pages of a book. Well, okay, put it this way, Bridget, right? So here's a, for me, here is for me a missed opportunity. So the whole conflict with him going back to the island and going away for months and months and months, one, a race like that never happened. And the conflict that he had with Lavinia um, and the assassin and things like that was one of the worst flushed out, like, plot things that happened in this book, totally. right? He gets shot. They immediately find the killer. He tells them it's Lavinia. And this this whole thing wrapped up in about three pages that they figured out yeah. what happened and that whole, that yeah. whole thing. Get rid of the, his whole conflict with him going to Rape Island and tell him uh, and— take the time in those pages to actually build out the mystery of who's trying to kill him. Because it could have been a lot of people because she was a fugitive from Cuba. She fucked over a whole bunch of people who were after her. Like, that could have actually been somewhat of a mystery. And they could have had to work that out for the last pages and work together as a couple and not have conflict between them, but have this outside conflict. And you could see their love grow in this moment. And find out she's pregnant and there's danger and that's a, that's a, a, I like that outside conflict of him them trying to figure out who's killing mm-hmm. them or shooting at them and she's pregnant and like what's happening. But yeah, and he's like, they, I don't want you to go. And she's got weak, her new. They put two very weak conflicts back to back that were not flushed out. And like she's been practicing shooting with the rifle, so then you could have had a whole thing where he's pregnant, he doesn't want her to go, and she's like, "Yo, I'm gonna save you," and she's got the rifle and he's injured, and like they could have done a whole thing. It would have been badass. 
I could have been a whole dance. Been a whole fucking thing. I I just like 100% agree. I do quickly, even though they're not their own ratings, want to touch quickly on the sister-in-laws. So I loved that they called um, the, the little pen that they kept their kids in baby jail. And I was like, the oh, yeah. whole book, I kept being like, I need a goddamn baby jail because my nine-month-old is everywhere right now. And she just got into her sister's potty and like tipped it over and like poop. My daughter had just pooped and I hadn't cleaned it yet. And there was like poop all over the floor. It was all over her arms oh, and Bridget. she was trying to eat it. And I like, I oh like panicked God. and started like washing her mouth out with soap. And then she started crying. And the two year old was standing there like, what's going on? And there's like poop over it. I was like, tell your dad and grandma we need help. So she like ran in the other room and she's like, I need help everybody. Like, and they were like going all slow and she's like, no, I need help. There's poop. Oh my God. So anyways, oh my. So and like the whole day I've been reading this book. I just kept thinking I need baby jail. That's all I kept thinking. It was like my nine month old already stands. She's like now, Shawnee today, she stood and let go with both hands and stood for a second with no touching anything. And then, well, that's too, that's I know. too early. And I was that's like, early, sit your ass down. <laughs> sit. You need Bridget, a baby, baby if jail. I were you, if, if I were you, I would just put my foot over there, <laughs> kick her a little bit. <laughs> baby jail. She needs baby jail. I love it. And also, when they were describing the romances of the other two sister-in-laws, I was like, those books sound so much better than this book. There's like the one sister-in-law who was a prostitute and was with the guy yeah. and had a baby with him, but they didn't get together right away. And then they get together later and her life is in danger. And they like someone kidnaps her and she gets herself out of it. And then the son was somewhere else and he goes and saves the son. And I was like, I read the shit out of that book. And then the other that one is that's the one I read. Oh, you read that one? Yeah. That's that's the only one. That's the only other Beverly Jenkins I read. And I remember that being yeah. decent. I tried to read another one, but then there were slaves and I just decided to to abort that yeah. mission. But yeah. What's the, the other one? The other one was she was a seamstress and or she was a um like a housekeeper or whatever. And the mom put an ad in the paper in Philadelphia. So she came to California and then she ended up his wife. Which they didn't really go into, like, oh, but right. there was, like, a whole thing with the town burning down and, like, racism towards him and he was not a lawyer anymore or something like that. Um, but I was like, that book sounds good, too. Um, anyways, I, yeah. This yeah. book was very vanilla. Okay. I'm just going to move along in very our vanilla. things. I already gave my favorite my favorite lines, but let's hear. Do you have a favorite line in this book? Um, yeah. I, you already did one. I think I already did one earlier. The other one was... Um, this was Pilar. What role was she expected to play in his life? And more important, in her own. And I thought, that's a great question. Like asking yourself, what do I really want from this mm -hmm. life? But I felt like that never got answered because she lost her hopes and dreams on the segregation train. Like it was just, that was the end of it, you mm -hmm. know? And I, I, you know, I just thought, hey, Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. Did you have a favorite review? Um, I feel like you meant to pick this one because it's pretty funny, but 
Uh, Stephanie rated it two stars. I hate to be the one to not like a Beverly Jenkins book. I mean, she is a goddess of AA romance novels. Literally, her book, Through the Storm, I read in high school and since then have been an ultimate fan. Blah, 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 blah. She goes on to say some other shit. And then she says, unfortunately, this book does not meet the standard of the usual fabulousness that can be found in Miss Jenkins's catalog. Numerous times throughout the book that I went up against the urge to just put it down because the storyline and interactions were so ill-contrived. And then she says a bunch a bunch of I, other stuff too, but... Um, yeah. I picked the same review. Did you? Hilarious. You know why you probably did? Because all the other reviews are four and five stars. And I'm like, you bitches didn't like yeah. this book that much. I'll tell you what my backup review was then, because you picked the same one. My backup... No, I have a back. I actually have a backup okay, review you do too. Your backup. <laughs> Which I think is hilarious because <laughs> we never have backup reviews. Okay, because I picked that one, um, and I thought Bridget might pick the same one because I didn't feel like that you were gonna like this book too much. Mostly because sometimes I could feel your vibe because mm-hmm. we're either chatty about a like book or we're like, oh my god, I can't wait to talk about this book or da da da. But you were not like, I can't wait to talk about this book. So I was like. I already was like. Mm. I also <laughs> read this book today, which was part of the reason I did. Yeah, oh, did I read you? it today, uh, or I read the second half today. Got you, got you. Well, I actually finished the this book today as well. The last like five chapters or so this morning. Um, but uh, here's my backup review. I like I picked it because it was also short and sweet. Um, but it was like it's from Demetria Collins on Audible. Um, and I have started picking good read review, but I decided because I didn't like the narrator to pick this one and see. Um, so Demetria Collins, Audible, she said, Weak story. This had all the elements of a great adventure, but it fell flat. When Miss Jenkins is good, she's great. But sometimes these stories seem but sometimes these stories seem forced and rushed. This one was just okay. I think I will go back and reread Indigo again. So I like this review because I think that, uh, one, don't give up on Beverly Jenkins. Don't snooze on her because she is an OG titan and she's killing the game and she writes really, really amazing books. And this one was not one of them. Everybody has got to have the one, you know, it's the one weird potato chip in the bag. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> this was that one. <laughs> well, Shawnee, I feel like it's fairly obvious, but would you read this book or recommend it to other people? I would not recommend this book to anyone. However, I would recommend Beverly Jenkins to other people, but just not this, just not this book specifically. I agree. I said I was more intrigued by the sister-in-law stories. Uh, I thought this book would have piracy and be about the sea and pirates. <laughs> And them having adventures. And it was not about that. Uh, but I will continue my journey into historical land, Shawnee, with you as my fearless captain on the seas or on the segregated trains, as it were. <laughs> <laughs> I will tryeth my hardest okay. not to let you down. Thank you. I don't know why I decided to start slipping into an accent there, but it felt right. <laughs> I don't know, but I had to follow you. I appreciate you following me. 
appreciate you. <laughs> Ask questions later. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's probably why this works so well because both of, if someone starts singing, we both start singing. If someone starts, we yeah. just go right down the rabbit hole. Oh we never really quite ask, like, hey, why did you do that crazy thing? We just, we just, accept. Accept. We just, accept. <laughs> we just accept. Well, and that is friendship, my friends. I am happy to be in historical land with you for all 10 episodes of this season. Do you? I promise, Bridget, there are so many more amazing books to come. Okay. My favorite, favorite books are in this season. And my and the top picks from Instagram land are in this season. And let me tell you, all of our friends on Instagram did not let us down. They actually reminded me of books that I know are amazing that I had forgotten. Yeah. About. So I'm stoked as hell. Stoked as hell, Bridget. Stoked well, as hell. next week get excited because we are reading The Duke and I, Julia Quinn. Woo! Which I know that you've read before, and the Bridgertons is also being turned into a Netflix series. And so if you guys hop on over to the Patreon. We are going to have a perk where you can hang out with us, literally, on video, and watch TV with us. And so we are going to do the Bridgertons, and we'll probably do some other fun romance movies and romance uh, TV shows. So if you hop over to Patreon, uh, that is coming up. And The Duke and I by Julie Quinn is going to be episode number two, season four. Julia Quinn, man, she is just an OG. She is, she is, oh, the Bridgertons is one of my favorite. And I, I can't guarantee every book in this series is, like, amazing. However, just the series in general is just a, an amazing series. It's just a great series. So, um, And we are going to be giving away a copy of The Duke and I by Julia Quinn on the old Instagram, Romance at a Glance. So if you are listening to this episode in a timely manner, we are going to be giving it away before our next episode comes out. So make sure you go there, enter. Uh, As always, our Instagram things are very easy to enter. You do not have to follow 25 complicated steps. You just have to subscribe to us. Follow the instructions. Like it. Comment. That's it. And then there's lots of bonus. There's ways to get a lot of fun bonus entries as well, but... uh, it's pretty easy to enter. I hate when I go to Instagram and you're trying to enter a contest and you have to follow like 1,400 accounts and you have to do like all the – I'm yeah. like, you know what? I don't want it that much. I don't care. But we I don't we want, want you guys to win this. Uh, and you do not have to be a bookish account. You could just be anyone who likes our podcast. Okay, guys. Well, we really wanted to start out of the gate with a five-star review. And unfortunately, we did not achieve our goal. However, since we did get so many good – Good, 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 good recommendations from you guys. And also, Shawnee has read a few of these books already, so she already knows they're good. Um, we're hoping that we're going to just be, like, five-starring you all. All season. I mean, that is my hope. But again, a lot of these books I read a long time ago. And you know what happened That's with The Black true. Brotherhood? That's true. We changed our opinion about it, like, later That's on. True. So I'm actually really curious to see if I love these books as much as I did when I first that's them. fun. So I am promising you three stars. <laughs> three three stars and up. And if we get more than those, <laughs> if we get more than those three stars, bonus. <laughs> Let me tell you right now. Bonus. But these are like some of the so best fun. of the best to begin 
<laughs> to begin with. So anyway, we love you guys. We love that you're here with us every week. And we can't wait to bring you more historical romance. So until next time, may your books be your lover. And your, and your best friend. Thanks for hanging in with us, romance readers. Head over to Instagram to continue chatting with us. We're super friendly. We want to cackle with you. We want to know what your favorite sex scene was. And we need more book recommendations. If you want to read along with us, go to our website, romanceataglance.com, to see what we're reading next. And we'll see you next podcast.